0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to bluenile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewellery gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
2: Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Lovely to have your company on this Wednesday afternoon. Lots of chat, guests, crack, music, more besides coming over the uh, next couple of hours. And let me tell you this, I have a really great prize to give away today to one of you. Yes, I have a beautiful hamper valued at €650 from Estee Lauder and it comes to us from Town Centre Pharmacy. I'm going to tell you more about that in a while. Now listen, you're going to need a pen and paper handy or something to to record a few little things on quite quickly or record the show if you want as well as the excerpt Anyway, that's coming up before two on Late Lunch 650 euro Brilliant uh, prize from Estee Lauder courtesy of Town Centre Pharmacy I'll tell you more about that in a while But we're starting off today reminiscing on Late Launch, and I know how Late Lunch listeners love nostalgia and by God, this is a nostalgia today because, you see, we're going to chat for the next while about Robert's shop on Flower Hill in Navan. Do you remember it? It was there for 25 years. And a couple ran the shop, uh, Oliver and Olive Roberts. And I'm delighted to say their daughter joins me on the show this afternoon. Joan, hello, Joan Pell.
3: Hello, Jerry. How are you? Good uh, to talk to you. Great
2: to talk to you too on Late Lunch this afternoon. Well, well, well. Here, we know Navin now and familiar with Flower Hill and all the development that's happened out this Lane yeah. Road and the other roads beyond it. But at one stage, your folk shop was the last post in Navin, wasn't it?
3: It probably was. I think the Round O was the last pub. We were the last shop mm. because Flower Hill sort of. And St Mary's Park would have been the last housing estate on that road, Slane Road, Proudstown Road. And so, yes, it literally was the last stop shop, yes, before people left the town going out that way. <laughs> so, uh,
2: uh, <laughs> and your mum and dad, talk about commitment to, to a, a shop and a job. It was night, noon and morning, 365 days of the year.
3: Yeah, well, my father would have opened the shop in 1955, roughly, and they got married in 1955, and she was a dub. Olive was a dub and came to live in Navan, which was really the sticks for her, i have to be <laughs> honest. And he was a Navan man. And um, they started the shop. And it's all I can remember, really. I mean, I mm. just grew up in the shop, took it for granted. It was a mix of everything. It was grocery, sweets, newsagents, uh, toys, cigarettes. Um, you name it; it was there.
2: It was the shops yes. we all love to remember from our yes. childhoods. Yes. I can remember them as well too, and I know exactly what you're talking about. You give a, a dig out. Did you as a young girl in the shop? You worked there?
3: Oh yes. We all have to take our turns, and I was the eldest of four, four girls, so I have to be honest and say that I did the most work. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> the other, the younger ones, got away with more um, than me, though they probably won't agree with that. <laughs> But um, yes, I, we did. We all had our turns. We all had to take, do our stints in the shop. Um, sometimes willingly, sometimes unwillingly. I have to be honest. Mm. But it was it was great. Looking back, I mean, it was it was fantastic, really. Yeah. You know, we were there, and Mammy and daddy were always around. They were in the shop, and we lived. We had a whole door beside the shop, the, the sitting room was converted into a shop, if yes. I can remember correctly. So we had our own hall door and we would go into the hall and there was a telephone in there with A button and B button and people would come in to use the phone in the hall Yes. back in the day. And then, you know, we would have deliveries of newspapers every day and then you would have people who would have ordered their uh, evening herald or evening press. So there would be names of people who were going to come in and collect their papers and yeah. then we would have to write them up. Mm. And then we just had we had an, an ordinary till, first of all, so you you know you'd be praying to he- to God in heaven that you wouldn't somebody wouldn't come in for a whole lot of things and you wouldn't be able to, you'd have to add them in your head. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: And my father was very good at that, and and my mother was too. Now I wouldn't mm. have been the best, but we had a sheet of paper in front that was always put out clean every morning on the countertop, so therefore you could add quite happily there. But obviously if. You know, somebody might ask you for uh, twenty cigarettes, and you turn and give them twenty six, and then they say, "Can I have uh, four bananas?" Oh, <laughs>
4: absolute catastrophe, chaos, then,
3: <laughs> chaos. You have to, you know, the scales then had to have the little, um, you know, there's the measures on the side, yes, and then the, the bananas were weighed per pound, and oh, uh, you know, it, that was funny. And then um, there were toys, and I can, I am trying to remember. There were some things like we had. Cowboy hats, cowboy the guns, you oh, know, yeah. and, um the caps for the guns. And, oh, we sold marbles.
2: Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Yeah. You're talking my time for sure. <laughs> but I there can you see, go, Jerry, yeah, yeah. The, the cap, the holsters, the the caps in oh, yes, the gun. Absolutely, marbles.
3: We sold, oh, yeah, yes. marbles. Yeah, we sold them, and all the penny sweets that you could get, and all the bags of sweets for a penny. You know, yeah. we we would have them pre-made up, or people would come in and pick what they wanted, and you'd have the bag, and you'd be. Counting out, <laughs> gobstoppers, um, you know, and then there was chewing gum and uh, bubble gum. Yes. And all those. Then we had ice cream, and then we had the cones that you'd, you know, you'd have the ice cream in. Actually, it's quite similar to what some of the ice cream parlours are doing now. You're scooping out the, sco- the ice cream cone.
2: Yeah. And the wafer.
3: And then did you cut the wafer? The wafer, the block of ice cream, oh, and you'd
4: have. <laughs> the
3: wafer. You'd have the, you'd have the, yeah. You'd have the the different spacers on the wafer and you know you'd be cutting out and you'd always come to the end and there'd always be a skinny one at the end oh, of course always that was and that... then you're trying to cover, it up. <laughs> trying to that cover
2: was for, it up that was for the child for sure I used to remember that saying myself but you know yeah, when you mention yeah. all those things I have to say Joan you know, today when you see the barcoding and boop, boop, boop at the till and everything like yeah. that, my God, when when you think about it, I'll tell you, your folks could do maths to beat the band. They could oh, add yeah. up because what happens in stores today if something goes down, they can't add one and one. Oh Never no, mind. they have to,
3: to call managers and yes. call all. Sorts you know, there's so to, many yeah, problems. It, it, yeah,
2: but here's the other thing. And I,
3: that would have been. Six, go, sorry, on, Jerry, go, on, no, sorry. go on, go on, no, go on, go on. No, I was on. just going to say that and that would have been say the old money like two and six. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, again.
2: yeah. Yeah I, I know, you know what when I
3: was when I was very young of course doing that Yeah moment. of course of course listen come on
2: come on we've come decimalisation <laughs> and time. euros and everything since but here's the other thing that people wouldn't realize you see what you talk about there I remember the loose biscuits in tins and you talking about weighing yeah. them out in the scales there yeah. you had to go out as well if people wanted spuds you weighed out potatoes out of bigger bags we, of spuds yeah. didn't you
3: That's right there was a we had a garage next door and it was freezing cold and there was a, a big gate on the front of it and we'd be sent out there to weigh out potatoes in quarter stones, half stones and stones. Yeah. And you'd be just, you know, you'd be told to put it correctly on the button. You know, there would be, be no room for, mar- for for any mistakes there. Yes. No margin for mistakes. But yeah, I, I hated that job. We'd mm. have to do that. And then we sold postage stamps as well. Yes. And we had a separate till for the postage stamps. So that if somebody bought... Two stamps back, you know, when they were four pence and 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 uh, different f- five pence.
4: Yeah, you'd
3: have to take money from them separately, and you'd be saying to them, i, I sorry, I, I, can I just take the five pence for that first because it goes into a different till?" <laughs> when I think
5: of it, the
4: fiddliness, you
5: know, uh, fiddliness, oh, you know, doing, fiddliness oh, of
2: it. The fiddly fiddly of it. But you know, but 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 you, your folks did it, and that was part and parcel it of it. Is. There's oh, a yes. lovely there's a lovely message come to us there, Jerry. That I have to say to you, Jerry, and this is from a listener today. The Roberts yeah. was an absolutely lovely shop, says Amelda Fogarty, and Olive and <laughs> oh, o- Olive and Oliver were the salt of the earth. Wonderful people. If you remember the shop, folks, oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text, you can send us a, a message this afternoon. Tyrrell's apple tarts. Do you remember Tyrrell's apple tarts? Tyrrell's
3: apple tarts next door. Yes, Um Marjorie, the, the late Marjorie used to make the the apple tarts and we sold them in the shop and they were sold in slices Yes. you know on a tray and the smell was absolutely divine when they would come in freshly made yes Yes. they were yes. very popular hugely popular
2: That, that that's come in these, from a listener yeah. today that remembers those apple tarts in your folk tarts, shop as yeah. well you see see the nostalgia yeah. awakening people's uh, memories know, up h- here today the other thing was I, I come back to something I said they were always open because people would knock your folks up wouldn't they the, yes. the, you now your story's absolutely. in the Mead Chronicle this week and people should read I, it it's lovely lovely I, story in the Mead Chronicle but the Mead yeah. Chronicle, you remember the amount of Mead Chronicles that went out of your shop each week. And people would, we, would, yes. would knock you up to get the money when you were closed? Yes,
3: they, they, absolutely. They would come uh, on a Thursday. And they mightn't come until about 5 o'clock in the evening on a Thursday. Mm. And we would all... One particular person... All of it, now, he's probably... He's well-deceased now. God bless him. But he would come on a Thursday evening. And it didn't matter what time. He rang the doorbell into the house. And he would get his 20 cigarettes and his... Um, his knees um, Chronicle. Yes. And that was regular, religious, and we would all be inside in the kitchen saying, it's your turn, no, it's your turn, no, it's your turn <laughs> to answer the door.
2: But <laughs> uh, you can imagine it. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing, Christmas time, what about Christmas day? Like, he closed oh, yeah. Christmas day, but people Close still... Christmas day. Still oh, it still rang the doorbell for
3: batteries. Oh, batteries. yes, batteries. absolutely. Batteries, yeah. Yeah, yeah batteries. <laughs> um, always, always batteries. Or say, a bottle of club orange or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um. They, were, they always would forget something. Yes. but Mostly it was it would have been batteries.
2: And uh, Christmas time must have been fabulous in the shop, with you know. Do you remember the holly? I, I remember the holly. Uh, yeah.
3: The, the, the yeah the, the ordinary decorations. Yeah, paper the paper pic- ones. I and mean, they'd be strung across the ceiling. You know, yes. the paper ones. Yeah. Yes. That would get tangled up, and yeah. yeah, they'd be standing on one another's heads to try and keep them up, and, yeah. <laughs> and the longer they would be there, the more likely they were to start falling down. I know,
2: you know? I know, and that's oh, all that's we good. had as well with those paper decorations at home. But I remember them fondly, and I could see the multicoloured and yes. uh, my mother yeah. putting them up and taking care of them to pack them away for the next year. And they just brightened up the house so much. They I were know, simple, I know. weren't they? weren't they Simple times. They were fantastic young?
3: times. Yeah, they were by comparison. Yes, there was no. People, yeah, they would order in their groceries for for Christmas, and we would have to pack up boxes of of, of the of the ordered in food, you know, yeah. and wait for them to come and collect them on Christmas Eve. And they could like that too. It could be late, and my father would wait, and the people still would knock on Christmas Eve to look for, to collect their groceries. And yeah, it was it was twenty four well not twenty four hours a day, but it was very full on and busy. But he just did it. I mean, I. I we just accepted it as kids that that's yes. the this, the shop was the shop and
4: mm. you know we
3: were all part of we all had to play our part in it and
4: mm. oh that
3: uh, he used to deliver newspapers as well we would get in the in the newspapers uh, just when i think about it now and we would have daddy would have to get into the car and go to say as far as that boy now back you're talking about 50, uh, 60 years ago mm. going to deliver the newspapers to and the papers, the, the afternoon papers would only come about say half three he'd have to get into his car then and deliver them say to Robins Town to Athboy, to Dunderry and the, all those shops would be waiting for their newspapers Yeah you know and it, it's it's mad now when you oh
2: about, when you think the Evening Press and yeah, the Herald and that they yeah, were big and people loved her- to yeah. get them as well and now now yeah. you can you have the news of the flick of a switch in a, in a millisecond yeah. when you think of the yeah. world we live yeah. in today oh you- I
3: mean it was such it's such a busy shop mm. it mm. was you know and then as, as I said on in the Meal Chronicle Sunday morning now Sunday mornings are hectic because you'd have people coming in after mass And even like the the churches down in the town, they would come up into our shop and get their their tuck and their goodies and their chocolates and their sweets for the day and their minerals. And then they would bring back empty minerals, empty mineral bottles. And there would be we would have to, there would be, uh, You know, they would have been charged to take a away refund. the and they would be, yeah. A refund, yes. It's coming back in yeah. January. And that, and that caused
2: more confidence. <laughs> oh, it's coming it? back. Do you realise in January that all our plastic bottles and our drink cans, you will not be able to put them in the recycling from January. You have to bring them back to the stores well, there you if you go. want to get there your... La- you so, go. Well, there you go.
3: Now that is it. That's yeah. a blast on the path. Yes. yes. What Absolutely. goes around
2: comes around. That's comes for, around. for sure, yeah. Joan. Yeah. But but here's the other thing about you, and I don't mean to out you today, and um, it's it's not an offence really. Smuggling. You were a smuggler, and <laughs> you were a smuggler. Is that true?
3: <laughs> oh, oh, Jerry, when when <laughs> I went to St Michael's, because uh, when I went to the secondary school, at Loretto, because I was fairly popular, because I lived in a shop, and I went home for my dinner every day. Yeah. So therefore, I was the boarders would give me lists of tuck to buy and money. So I would, my mother would think I was gone back to school, but I would be in the shop filling out lists and putting them (laughs) into my gabardine coat and bringing them back to school. And I was invariably late back to school. I mean, there's no point. I was. And I would uh, divvy out what I had given, what I had got. And they were all delighted. (laughs) I mean, they only had, they only would get tuck um, on a Sunday, say the borders. Yes. But it was little yeah, it was their way. It should be. They were delighted. I the, lived in the sweet shop. Oh, I, I tell I you, it's say, no but,
2: wonder you were named top girl in the school year after year. No, we, no. we know now why you, you were might, number one. I wouldn't quite
3: go that far, but yes, yeah. I mean, I did, I did, yeah.
2: Do you remember the butter vouchers? Getting butter vouchers in. Do you no. ever remember that time? No, no. no. no butter I don't vouchers don't remember that. Uh, the other thing is, um, you know, the, the, the shop you describe and your parents' shop and that. You know, there, would there be any of them left today? Probably not. you know what I mean? In the world we live in. Very few.
3: Um, very few. Probably very few. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to offend anybody. To no, I know,
2: it, but, I know. I'm not, I'm not um, saying that. But, but, but maybe perhaps in more well, rural areas they survive. But certainly maybe. in towns like Navin and Drogheda oh, and Dordog so. and Kells and... So. RD. I wouldn't think so no no i don't think so i don't i think that they because uh, the world has just moved on to uh, a whole new sphere of people buying and purchasing and that the local shop the yeah. local corner shop is a thing that uh, is history in in, in those places uh, yeah, for sure I, I,
3: definitely because i mean i know probably people work all hours but he was on, he was on the floor all day it's not like he worked a shift mm. and went inside and relaxed yeah he was there on his feet all day. I mean, and if he went in for his, his dinner or his tea, as they called his dinner in the middle of the day, tea in the yes. evening, um, he would be back out. And I can remember when I was when I would do my homework and he was going to help me, I would go out and stand in the shop and he would, you know, help me do my maths. Like that too, as you say, he was good at maths.
4: Yeah. And,
3: you know, I stood beside him and, and if somebody came in, I had to take a back seat
4: Yes, and yes. he would go
3: and serve them and... It's not like, you know, I mean, we had girls that worked in the shop. I'm not saying he didn't Mm, have help. mm. And my mother was there constantly. But he was there overseeing it all the time.
2: Did they ever take a holiday?
3: Well, uh, no, there's a good thing. We always went to laytown. From as small kids, we went to laytown. We took a house for a fortnight. But he would come over, stay two nights maybe, and go back. Right, and stay in the in the house and come back. No, he didn't certainly take anything worthwhile.
2: Yeah, so your mother stayed you know, with the four of you in late He Laytown.
3: stayed with the four of us in town and we there had cousins go. that uh, yeah used to come from Dublin, uh, in Laitown. Yeah, we, now in fairness, we always got a holiday in town We always went in August. Yes. Oh, in the last the last two weeks in August when it was start, starting to get dark, you know, but we were, mm. they were great times. Mm. I
4: mean. Yeah, my
3: you know, oh we my. brought everything with us, and with all but the kitchen sink. I mean, it was no holiday <laughs> for my mother. You no,
2: know, it no did, did, you, did you did you run a book in the shop for people? You know that people who get yes. credit and pay you yes. then when they get paid. Yes. Did that happen? Yeah, he
3: used da- daddy used to call it his his loose leaf ledger. Mm. Um. He'd he'd have um. It was like it was just like it was very basic. It was a piece of cardboard, and people would come in and say, "Can I get?" whatever, and you you would write it down. You would make sure to write it. But if you didn't write it down, it was just forgotten about it. Yes. And then at the end of the week, you'd tot it up and they would come in and pay when they would get paid. Settle themselves. it up. Yeah. 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 Oh, they yeah. Were,
2: those were the days. Listen, you're...
3: And you'd know everybody. You'd know everybody. <laughs> was... And everybody would know you. You know. But they were always called Oliver and Mrs. Roberts. It's funny. She was never called by her first name. It was just a sign of the yeah. times. Yeah, she oh, was Oliver, and she
2: was. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Listen, you're 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 yeah. making us all go jelly soft this <laughs> afternoon with all you're talking about there and those wonderful <laughs> memories. Thank you so oh, much for joining you. me on the show. I've not enjoyed our chat, Joan. Take amazing, care of yourself now. Bye-bye. Bye bye, bye bye. That's Joan Powell there. Robert Shop on Flower Hill. What memories? It's magical in late lunch studio now. It really is magical, and I'm not talking about Christmas because somebody has just arrived who was with us earlier on in the year. And he's just wonderful. Killian O'Connor, welcome back to Late Lunch.
5: Yes. Hello. Uh, it's an honor to be here once again. Uh, nice seeing you, Jerry. Thank you so much. My God,
2: I am so thrilled to have you today because you, since you made that big impression on everybody in Britain's Got Talent, your world has just become incredible, hasn't it? You've been all over the place.
5: Yes, since BGT, there's a lot of, I've there's a oh, blah, blah, blah. there's a lot that I've done. Um, I've oh, it's, oh um, I've done a TED talk up in Rathof um, as well as some appearances on CBBC Saturday Mashup, Blue Peter, um, Blue Peter, Blue Peter. I am so jealous. You
2: were looking at one of the biggest Blue Peter fans from he was a little fella in the world.
5: You were on Blue Peter. Yes, um, I should have brought the badge today. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, look, you'd be rubbing it in there Get me on tomo- the Get me on tomorrow and I'll bring it.
2: You'll have the badge with you. Good man yourself. But you've been on a rake of TV, radio stations, and it, you're just back from Los Angeles.
5: Yes, I am just back from Los Angeles. Obviously, coming up is America's Got Talent Fantasy League, where 60 acts were nominated to perform with the American people voting for 40 of those acts from... Um, got Talents Worldwide from yes. previous Got Talents um, to perform. And it's an honour for me to be selected Yes, as one of them. So
2: We'll watch next year. It's going to be screened next year and we'll understand what happens. Say no more. Keep that a secret. Please Shh. do. Shh. Absolutely. I have the most wonderful trophy here in my hand. Tell our listeners what this is.
5: This is the Marvin's Magic Rising Star Award, gifted every year to the best rising star in magic, previously won by magicians such as Richard Jones and Mark Spellman as X. And I can say that this year the winner was me. (laughs) So I am this year's winner of the Rising Star Award. You
2: are. And look at your name on it here. It's engraved with all those great names that are there. And it's yours for a year and it'll always be there forever. Congratulations on winning this. It's really prestigious.
5: Unfortunately, this trophy that Jerry is holding right now is not going to be kept by me forever but yes. I do have a permanent trophy
2: to, man. with
5: just my name on it.
2: Fantastic. Here, you take hold of that. And I'd be afraid I'd drop it there. It's absolutely beautiful. What a piece of crystal that is. Now, mm-hmm. Mam is here with you today. Elaine, thank you for joining us on the show. Great to have you with us. Hi,
6: Jerry. Thanks for having us. You must
2: be so proud of this guy.
6: Oh, my God. Like, Who would have thought back in February when he got on that stage to achieve his dream? Mm-hmm. Everything that followed. We're just so proud of him and... He's just, he's, his confidence has grown so much and um, we love listening to him, in you know, speaking on the radio because he's just grown and we're just super proud. Yeah,
2: super and proud. rightly so. Now, there's big news today. Who wants to make the big reveal? Will I leave it to the man himself? <laughs> Tell our listeners. This is an exclusive for Late Launch LMFM. Tell them.
5: Five minutes ago. I was revealed to be the latest signing by my new management company, Gag Reflex, who are holding my tour, which will be available next summer. It's starting next summer, I should say. Um, it's going to be around the UK and Ireland. So far, 14 dates have been revealed and the first Irish date has been revealed for the TLT sponsored by Draw the Credit Union. And if you would like to pick up your tickets, you can check out killiansmagic.com before they all disappear
2: <laughs> and he won't be making them disappear it'll be people clamoring to go along and be at the event so this is the big thing ma'am to sign with this agency
6: oh wow it's amazing it's an honor like they have such amazing art it's like ben hart who is on the uh, rising star tape face. um so yeah we're just delighted to be on board and the team there is fantastic Um, They have been helping Killian obviously, since Britain's Got Talent, but we've the official official dotted line sorted today. So it's just at two o'clock today. It's just been released. So hot off the press.
2: You are a proper artist now with a management team behind you and the rest will be history as you move on from here. Congratulations. I'm delighted. Thank you very much. It's a huge achievement
5: as well as the management team running the tour for next year. It's also being run by my magic director, Russ Stevens, who he's a very big name in the magic world as he is the man behind all the magic on Britain's Got Talent, which he's been doing since 2016, I believe. So he's a, he's a veteran been doing magic for 30 plus years now. So one of the most respected names in magic so it's an honour to also be to also have someone like Russ as my magic director Yeah, Yeah. well done well done well
2: you're going to do a little magic for us here today will you please because uh, I couldn't let you out of the studio without doing a bit us having a bit of crack like we had the last time
5: yes unfortunately I don't have the Jerry's Nuggets deck this time sorry Jerry
2: (laughs) I forgive you that's all right You have a deck of cards. Okay.
5: Anyways, I would like you to, you know what? I'll mix the deck up first so that everyone knows I've just cut the deck. Yes. Can you confirm that, I can indeed. Yes. I would like you to pick a card.
2: Okay. Any card.
5: Any card you want. Okay. Okay. I would like you to look at that card, but don't let me see. Okay. Now, you could have picked any cards out of this deck, right? Of this mixed up deck. I would like you to place that card back into the deck. Anyway, And mix up the deck so that I cannot know what your card is. You can take the deck. Can I take the deck? You can take you sure? the deck. Are you yes.
2: sure you want to let go of them? Yes, you do. And I'm can I shuffle. That. Look at my shuffle. You see my old fashioned shuffle? I know you can do it far faster. <laughs> I've, than seen this. <laughs> I've seen
5: worse. I've seen worse. Thank you.
2: Thank you for that compliment. There you go. I'm handing him the deck back. Back it goes. Too. Okay.
5: Now, I have not seen the cards. Can you confirm that, Jerry? Absolutely. I have not heard what the card is. No. But Jerry, I believe that the card you picked was the King of Diamonds. <laughs> I can could you confirm, confirm that?
2: That that was the card I picked. And actually, we've been just recording a lovely little video here, Mr. Brian Farley, on production with us here, can confirm as well because I held the card up there and we saw it for certain.
5: How do you
2: do this? You yeah. gave me the.
5: I don't know. It's all magic. I don't
2: know. It is magic. Well, come on. Let's have another one while you're here. Oh, the magic wand is out. The magic wand is out.
5: <laughs> okay. Right. I don't know where it's gone, but hopefully we find it soon. <laughs> okay. Have you another one for me? Oh, yes. Of course. What? <sighs> all right. Okay. Okay.
2: Another card trick, isn't it? As you
5: see, I have three cards. Okay. The top card is an elf.
2: I see that. Christmas theme. Lovely.
5: The minnow card is also an elf.
2: Yeah, I see that.
5: And the bottom card is an elf. No, it's Santa. <laughs> All you gotta do is follow Santa. So the Santa cards will yes. take it and we'll place it onto the bottom of the deck. Yep. Can you confirm that, Eric? I can see that. Yes. So where is Santa?
2: Santa's on the bottom now.
5: Wrong. That's an elf. <laughs>
2: <laughs> will now, you stop mesmerising me here with these cards please Giselle,
5: There's no Sant on the top that's also an elf so yeah. that means if he's not on the top and he's not on the bottom he must be in the middle Correct But that's also an elf <laughs> That's because Santa's on the bottom <laughs> As well as being on the bottom he's also on the top Oh go away out of that will you <laughs> And if he's on the top and on the bottom, then that must mean he's also in the middle, <laughs> which that doesn't make sense. There's one, two, three cards, but they're all Santas and they're all elves. I don't really get it either. But Jerry, if this card is an elf, yeah, and this card right here is Santa, yes, then what's this card? It
2: has to be an elf because there were two elves and Santa when you showed me before. It's a Merry Christmas. <laughs> We absolutely brilliant. You are just magical. You're fantastic. You really are. You're very welcome. Look, it's a great man. Isn't he just? He's such a talent, isn't he?
6: He is, yeah. He brings a smile to so many people and to himself. So that's.
2: That's
5: where the magic is for
2: us. Absolutely. Stanford University. I want to mention Stanford. Didn't you give a talk at Stanford University too? Yes, Yes.
5: I gave a talk for Stanford University from uh, located in San Francisco. It was a neurodiversity summit sponsored by Wells Fargo and
2: another okay, major company another
5: major company yes, yes
2: very good and Monte Carlo you've been to Monte Carlo as well look at I, I'm just looking at the list of places you've been and London you're heading for London yeah next week is it yeah yes over to London I next.
5: cannot say what for it is top secret <laughs> at the moment but watch. you will be finding out <laughs> next year <laughs> yeah.
2: watch this space he can't say ma'am no this no, is the no top, it's tough of, contractually yeah. he can't at no, this stage no
6: It's really exciting.
2: though. You know, what your mammy said a little bit earlier on is so true. When we saw you on TV first and your story developed on Britain's Got Talent and you remember you came here as well. You have come such a long way, Killian O'Connor, since then. I really mean that. You are just fantastic and we have great admiration for you. We love you and we wish you well with everything that happens in 2024. I love you too Jerry. Ah, me too. Thank you so much for joining me. Elaine thanks. Great thanks to see you. Thanks for having all. us Happy again. Happy Christmas and Happy best Christmas. For the new Merry year. Christmas. Thank, Thank you
6: everybody in Toronto for following. Bye Thank bye. bye. Thank you.
2: Bye.
5: Kids, let's all make Christmas cards and send them in to Jerry Kelly on the late lunch show on LMFM radio.
2: Thank you, Ava, thank you so much. And the cards are coming, they are indeed. Today in the post, I got a beautiful card uh, from Emer Green, and thank you, Emer. And she says it's from Emer and her pets, Nelly and Indy, the horses. And Shattered the Cat as well. They listen to LMFM all the time. Love Chris Murray on The Breakfast Show. It's on from morning to evening. That comes in from Carrick McCross to us today. I have another lovely one there arrived. There's lots of them coming. Uh, Chloe Weldon, age 10, from Abbey View in Slane in County Mead. Reindeer on the front. Christmas tree. Holly, you name it. Well done. Thank you so much indeed. There's uh, another one from the Greenins. That's from Orla this time, age 8 in Carrick. Wish you all a happy Christmas. Santa's stuck in the chimney. Look at his feet sticking up from the chimney there. Isn't it brilliant? Just brilliant and more besides thank you. Keep the cards coming to us. It's kids cards for Kelly on late lunch this Christmas time and we have a 250 euro voucher from Shoe City, the wonderful Shoe City to give away to someone who sends us in a card. It's a random draw. It's not a competition and we have vouchers for toy stores as well. So keep the cards coming to me. We love them. We're putting them on display here and you have loads of time to get them in before the 19th of December thank you so much to everybody who's been sending them to us and there's more on the way I know LMFM Radio Bingo Jackpot 11,200 next week big wins for Lou Geraghty who won 600 euro Lou from Dundalk 400 euro going to Slane and Evelyn Lenehan and Bridie Carney from Dunlear picked up 300 euro along with Jean Mahan to get your books from outlets across the Northeast. And you're supporting, of course, the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre when you play LMFM Radio Bingo. Now, sad news uh, yesterday, at the death of rally driver Rosemary Smith. And she's a woman I admired greatly. I interviewed a number of times on the show. And I want to just remember her today by going back to an extensive interview I had with her in April 2015. And here is the wonderful Rosemary
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Talking about the big break she got when she joined the Roots rally team in the UK.
7: I did the RSC with the same woman, Delphine. She, she came back. She came back. It was a was good sort of eight months later, but she still wanted to do it. So we did it in a mini. And uh, when I was finished the mini, um, you know, I saw all the works teams around. And I thought, oh, that'd be nice. But I never, ever, ever thought anything would come of it. But then a girl who was driving, which was an ex roots rally car, uh, and she te- didn't text me in those days, she sent me a telegram and uh, she asked me to do the Monte Carlo rally with her. So I did that. And there were three of us in the car. Sally Ann Cooper was the girl's name. She sat in the back in her mink coat and her basket of food and wave because we start in Scotland. Anyway, so I'd never driven in Snow Nice before. So we got down. Now, the girl who was with me wasn't a driver. She was a navigator purely. So it meant that I had to drive the entire way. Got down to, to Dover, went across on the ship, uh, you know, drive on, drive off sort of thing. And then eventually wound our way down to Monte Carlo. And I must say it was exhausting, but to come over the Alps and then suddenly see the sea down there glistening and so on. And this was about seven in the morning, having driven day, night, day, night, day, night. And anyway, got down and then when we got there, this girl, sally Ann said, well, uh, girls, you'll be staying in awe, whatever they call them down there. But I'm going back in the car now. And her chauffeur had come down and drove her the whole way back to Villefranche. Then we sat in a wall falling asleep and then sent the car back for us. We couldn't sit in the same car. Anyway, so when we got there, we were put virtually in the servants' quarters, which I was a bit, you know, that's not very nice. And then we went over to Monte Carlo itself for the prize giving. And not that we won anything that year, we finished. We got a Finisher's award, but yeah. we didn't. We weren't.
2: And were you picked up by roots then? Was yes. that when they.
7: Yes, this man, you see, for the the ball down there. And you had to go all, you know, glamorised and dressed up and all the rest of it. And this man to me was an old, old man. I think he was probably in his 50s at the time. But he came across and he said, you are going to be a works driver for the Roots Group. And having slithered and slid over the mountains, I said, no, I am not. That was the end of that. He said, no more. And I came home and I said, this old fella came up and said, I could have a drive of the works team, <laughs> you know. Now, my dad was very calm, nice, very Methodist and very quiet, never lost his temper. Well, he lost his temper that day. And he said, you stupid, stupid girl. Oh, he ate me. And uh, he said, do you realise you've thrown away a chance for a lifetime? I said, no, I didn't realise it. And unbeknownst to me, my mother wrote on my behalf to the Ruth's group. In, they were in Devonshire House in London. And it was forwarded to Norman, who was in up in the Midlands in Coventry.
2: That was the man you met, wasn't it, that Norman? That was the man, Norman Garrett. Yeah.
7: And the next thing, I got a contract back about a month later saying, you are now a member of the Works Rally team.
2: Good old mum and dad. They yeah. made sure oh, you absolutely. didn't pass up the absolutely. opportunity. Mm. You joined the team. You had a co-driver, Val Domino. Val Domlio Domlio, I beg your pardon was your uh, co-driver no, not from
7: the beginning not with them because they put another girl with me Do you see, you weren't normally allowed to pick your own co-drivers so they gave me this other one who came with me and I never liked her and she never liked me anyway but um, no, just we didn't click in Mm. any way and she thought she should have been the driver because she'd been doing it for quite a while and then this bird from Ireland came in and took the drive So she she was all right as a navigator. But then a few a few seasons later on a Monte Carlo rally, I dumped her over the edge of a cliff and we rolled down the edge of this mountain and uh, she fell out of the car and she was sort of left there. And the car was way down, way down at the trees. And I clambered back up to the road, 3 a.m., of course. The lowest time, your body's at its lowest ebb.
2: You're always involved in these uh, mishaps in the middle of the night.
7: It's always in the middle of the night. If you have And a lot of accidents you hear, even on our roads, it was 3 a.m., mm. 4 a.m., your whole body's at its lowest ebb. Now, I had driven the entire way because what she hadn't told me was that she'd had Bell's palsy, which now they call a slight stroke. Mm. So one side of her wasn't working at all. So she couldn't drive. I mean, she could drive, but she physically couldn't drive. Mm. She had no power in one of her hands.
2: So that was really the end of you and her oh, yeah. <laughs> team. And then Val <laughs> Damnio came in at that stage. And she came in. And, and you f- f- struck up a wonderful partnership, didn't you?
7: Very good with her because she was a, a lovely, quiet, and she knew exactly what she was doing. And uh, this, uh, because I couldn't navigate. And, you know, I, I told her in the beginning, well, it's up to you. You have the maps, you do this, certainly. And she did it all. And she was brilliant. She's still alive, but she's not too uh, She's not too good at the you know,
2: minute. No. Want to head to news that too? Rosemary Smith is staying with us. This woman won everything when it came to rallying in the 60s. We have a lot more to talk about. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Rosemary Smith, the queen of rallying in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s and 90s is my special guest on Late Lunch this afternoon. Hey, what I know something meant to ask you. You love speed. I love speed. Do you drive fast when you're out on the roads? Oh, not
7: at all. I keep it in all speed limits. Have you any penalty points?
2: No. You never got any, did you not? No. But you love to put the foot down, do you?
7: Well, especially, see, the little car I have now, Ford give it to me all the time, and uh, it's a beautiful little red, bright red. Uh, It's a Fiesta, but it's a one-litre, Three-cylinder, turbo, you know, when you stop at the traffic lights, it turns itself on and off and all this. But it's such a pretty colour. And, see, I always have to wear an outfit to match it because uh, I'm wearing red and white. (laughs) But it is a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous car. And I'm very lucky that Ford have supported me right through since I started the driving school, which is nearly 17 years ago Mm. now. I run it for the transition year children down I was just
2: looking at that. The amount of schools Mm. from Louth and Mm. me and Dublin and elsewhere that have been through your hands there in the driving school,
7: haven't they? Thousands. Most schools. Thousands. But it should be on the school curriculum. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, they can do everything else. They can, especially in transition year, they should be doing it, of course, on private ground because they, they don't have any licenses or anything Mm. like that. But, you see, we started started the first one. I went to the government and I begged the government to come in and help me because I really didn't have any money at that time at all because of various men in my life or out of my life and the county council out in Dunleary-Rathdown. I had a gorgeous house, which I was offered £2.8 for. It was on two and a half acres. But I couldn't sell it because Dunleary-Rathdown decided they were running the M50 through it. So I was left Stony broke. So then, obviously, I had to go and do some work. Mm. And uh, and
2: you set up this school. I set
7: up. It was you got
2: no support?
7: None whatsoever. So. Ford, as I say, came in behind me, and they have given me a car every year since. And But I drove. I mean, I rallied and raced for Ford. So I, my name has been with them. The car I went on London to Sydney, Marathon Rally, it was over 12,000 miles. They actually uh, assembled that car down in Cork, and then it was sent back over to England to the competition department, and they put all the roll cages and the lights and the this that. And that the was other.
2: 1968. I was looking yeah. at that London Sydney. Yeah. It was some trek it for was you, wasn't trek. it? And mm. you drove a
7: Cortina, a Lotus Cortina, lovely car. When it was going,
2: and listen to this. Not many people can say this. You got to the Khyber Pass. Yeah. Very famous place. Mm-hmm. You couldn't drive it forwards. No. What way did you drive were it?
7: Gone. Well, I just turned around and I reversed it.
2: She reversed the whole way. One incredible woman, the late, great Rosemary Smith, who passed away at the age of 86 yesterday. We remember her on late lunch this afternoon. May she rest in peace. Now time for one of our regulars on late lunch. Dr Kate McCann is standing by. Afternoon, Kate.
8: Hi, Jerry.
2: Thank you for joining me again on the show. And it's a real looking ahead to the holiday theme and all that goes with celebrating in terms of food and drink. What do you say to somebody that says, look, at, I'll go mad over the Christmas and New Year, live life to the full, abandon all the uh, rules and regulations of good living, and I'll put it right in January, Kate.
8: You know, um, it is an approach. Um, It's one that that kind of backfires a lot on patients um, uh, quite often. Um, And I think why we we say we're looking ahead, I think most people out there would feel that the holiday season is in full swing when we look at things such as those obligations of the holiday season have started, those work parties and um, all those extra things everyone's doing, it's already started. so I think from the overdoing it and then uh, making up for it in January, uh, it has its appeal. And, but I, when certain things we want to look at and saying, look, in the short term, you know, it seems like a good idea, but it can really cause a lot of problems. But- I think one of the areas that can cause a lot of problems is going to be alcohol. Hmm. Um, is that really, it, you, you're you going to pay for it in the short term. And given the toll that the holidays can take on some people's mental health. Mm. The overindulgence in alcohol can sometimes backfire on us, in that it can lower mood, increase anxiety, um, and make things more difficult in the holiday season.
2: And the next day it goes without saying you knock yourself out of action and possibly for longer than that. And look, we don't mean to be killjoys here, but we're just trying to talk a little sense and maybe it'll uh, dawn on some people what we're getting at. Come back to this again, because you've explained this to me before, but it's timely to mention it again. What is binge drinking, you know, and what is the limit for men and women again? Just refresh us on that, will you please?
8: Yeah, so, so basically what we want to look at and say, you know, if we want to... If we want to stay in a zone where we're not harming ourselves and we're staying with what our liver can actually handle, um, we really want to say no more than six standard drinks in, in, in one session in the evening. Um, and I, I would really encourage people um, to head over to um, DrinkAware. Aware has a calculator. You can literally put in what you're drinking, how much you're drinking, what type of drink you're having. It'll tell you how many standard drinks are in your drink. And for example, um, a pint of many types of lager or stout, there's really two standard drinks in, in a pint and most people would count that as one. And especially during the holiday season, people are going to be drinking things they don't usually drink. For example, um, you know, Prosecco can be, can be quite a bit stronger um, in alcohol content, for example, if you're used to drinking something else like
2: wine. So three pints you're talking about in the case of a man. If you drink three pints, you're on the, the the six standard drinks there with that one. And what about glasses of wine? How many glasses are you talking about there?
8: You really actually want to, to this is where your drinks calculator is going to come in, is that what is? it depends on, on how you're pouring that drink. Many times the people will calculate it out as um, being about 125 mils in a glass. So many people, especially if you're drinking at home or at a party, um, there may be 150 or 175 mils in the wine, and wine varies in its alcohol content as well. So this is where you you, you really want to, to actually have a thought about how much is in that glass and, and how much alcohol is in that bottle. It can easily, um, one glass of wine can easily be 1.5 or, or 2 units of, of alcohol, to, depending on, on what's gone into that glass.
2: The rounds are a devil when you're out and about. If you get into a round and a big round, because you, like the, the the reasonable person, always you know steps up and buys the round and likes to, you know what I mean, to play a part. And if you get into a big round system, you're in trouble there, aren't you?
8: Yeah, the the rounds can really push people to drink, faster than their own pace, um, and that's where they can really get into trouble. Um, or they're trying to keep up with um with the next round rather than the pace that they're at.
2: You know what I think is great now? All of the uh, zero alcohol drinks that have come on and nearly everyone has an offering of the main brands and even into wines and the spirits as well. And I I see you talking about, you know, pacing yourself, say with an alcoholic drink, a non-alcoholic, you know what I mean? That you you spread it out across the evening.
8: Yeah, that's the strategy. Now, everyone's going to have to come up with their own strategy. Um, For some people, that is a strategy that works, um, is that and mixing up the evening with um, with both alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks. So for some people, um, they're more comfortable with something that looks like alcohol or tastes like alcohol um, for many reasons, including the fact that people are not pressuring them. If it looks like it's got a pint in your hand, you're not being pressured to, to go on, go on, go on. And so there's many reasons where people, that's a good option for some people. For other people, other reasons, they, are, for example, who are abstaining from alcohol, Actually, don't want anything that looks like it or tastes like it for their own reasons, you know. So it's it, it it really is one option out there. It's a great option if it's good for you. If it's not good for you, you know, stick to another one. But um, having a strategy for alcohol, it, I think, is really important for for many people um this season.
2: Um. Hangover cures, detox the day after, all the ones that you hear, have a big fry off, hair of the dog, take this, take that, take the other, take something before you go to bed, drink loads of water. What's your opinion on all those?
8: So, yeah, Jerry, you and I have actually talked about this before a few months back. But um, so the science is this, it, it doesn't work. (laughs) And <laughs> um, So everybody has their own their own um, you know urban myth of what will kind of ease the symptoms the next day. Um, the reality is you can't undo the damage. So the stress that overindulgence of alcohol does on things such as our heart, our liver, we can't detox that the next day. Not with all the water, not with all the Lucasade, and yeah, all the fancy IV drip bars selling a detox the next day. It, it's not. It doesn't work. It doesn't detox your liver. You can't detox your liver. And so, hangover cure cur- you know if someone has something that they ease a few of the symptoms. The reality is the damage is done. Yeah. Um. And and it can take it can take two to three days for that to clear out. I mean, many people um, would be surprised to know that they're actually impaired the next day. Mm. Um. Studies have shown that people who have overindulged the like night before the next day, the the thinking's a little cloudier and reaction times are a little bit slower.
4: Yeah.
2: Um if if you have a, an issue with alcohol and you're you're managing it this is a challenging time of the year as well isn't it
8: It really is um and I think for many patients who are say recovering from um substance dependence um or know that they're at risk um of of um unhealthy behavior and it can be very challenging and I would I recommend that the patients who know they're in trouble um, you know, one, if you have a strategy and can avoid situations, you know you're in trouble. Great. Sometimes if those situations can be avoided, such as the family home. Then, and you know, getting getting in touch with expert support earlier rather than later might help you have a have a have a safer holiday for you.
2: The other aspect of this you've been uh, commenting on lately is the food we consume, and it is a, a time of the year when people love, you know, to indulge, and we enjoy the special treats, and the dinners are something else as well, and they go on for a number of days. Um, again, just to come back to this one, you know, January, everybody will be heading for the gyms, people out walking everywhere, there'll be uh, New Year resolu- resolutions made. Um, Putting on a few pounds, loosening the belt over the Christmas season, is it a good idea?
8: Yeah, see, I I, I always tell patients to to, to to take the middle road here. I have patients on both ends of the spectrum. I have patients who are just like, you know, uh, uh, they restrict themselves severely during the holiday season. You know, they're not touching this, they're not touching that. These are bad foods. These are, you know, the foods they've labelled as bad. Um, you know, and then the other end of the, I have patients who just are like, look, you know, I know you. Re- I know that we've been. I've been diagnosed recently with diabetes, but I'm not going through holidays without eating all the mince pies. So patients are both ends of the spectrum, and, and I generally tell patients to try and to kind of take the middle road, which is you know allow yourself a treat. Food is is more than just nourishment when it comes to holidays. There's this huge emotional. It's it's memories. It's nostalgia. It's love. It's comfort. It's sharing, especially when we're eating with other people. So having a little bit of something. Absolutely is fine. There's no such thing, for example, as a bad food. However, going the other extreme, especially for patients with chronic health conditions, whether it's diabetes, heart disease, um, kidney disease, a few others, completely just saying, "Look, I'll make up for in January," they could get themselves in a little more trouble. Also, patients on many medications. So, you know, just you know, keeping uh, keeping a more modern approach will probably get you through the holiday season with fewer problems
2: and there is support you you have to say that uh, in terms of substance when we're talking about drink uh, and yes. food as well uh, aa is there i know you mentioned it uh, if people need help and body wise when it comes to uh, eating
8: yeah absolutely eating disorder so um for the whole spectrum of eating disorders I think many people um uh, you know think of only one or two uh, you know aspects of eating disorders but if you're if the relationship with food is 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 causing problems? Um, then you can start with your own doctor. Always, your GP is an excellent resource and always a place to start. And if not, um, the Body Wise website has some great resources to start.
2: Now, you yourself uh, have this Healthy Holidays virtual Advent calendar. Tell me about this.
8: Yeah. So what I'm what I'm doing on the practice blog and on the practice social media is every day, in like an Advent calendar, one way to look after your health. This The season Uh, the the reason for this is the holidays are really a paradox from one point of view they have the potential for some great aspects of our health and that they Mm -hmm. encourage us to socialize they encourage their great time for many people will be slowing down they take time there's some great aspects that are good for our health the joy the gifting this is all good for positive psychology and mental health there's a fabulous part of where the holidays really can be healthy. And the other aspect though is that usually from external pressure, from everything, especially stress, stress to get the holiday right, especially um, for parents. And the stress, the you know, the overindulgence um, in food and drink, this also causes problems. So I always find the holidays an amazing paradox when it comes to health. And you know, just a few pointers help people navigate, just get the best out of the holiday and arrive in January, mostly
2: intact. Well, you know, check this out. MDoc.ie, that's E-M-D-O-C.ie. Kate's uh, blog is there. It's wonderful information and healthy holidays. The virtual advent calendar will be available as well across the holiday season. Look, we say to people in the end, do enjoy the time off. Do enjoy your meals, drink sensibly, and it'll all go Ultra well, and you will be in good shape for the new year. Really, that's the message we're taking from uh, Dr. Kate, uh, having a chat with us this afternoon uh, about the holidays ahead. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. Thank you for all your uh, contributions through the year to late lunch. We really do appreciate it, and we're looking forward, please God, to having you with us again on the turn of the year into 2024.
8: Thanks so much, and happy holidays, Jerry.
2: Thank you indeed. Take care. That's Dr. Kate McCann there. And uh, she is a wonderful, wonderful lady. Lifestyle, medicine and more besides mdoc.ie. That's E M D O dot I-E. David Bowie and Bing Crosby. Beautiful peace on earth on your late lunch this Wednesday afternoon. I want to say a big thank you to Tommy Caffrey. Tommy, great to hear from you. He never forgets me every Christmas. Our number one table tennis player from Balbriggan. What a lovely man he is. And I got the card today, Tommy. Thank you so much. Happy Christmas to you and yours. I hope you're keeping well. And it's great to hear from you again this Christmas time. Just reminding you, I nearly slipped my memory. Don't forget we have our annual... Best Christmas pudding in the northeast competition on at the moment. We've got a couple of uh, puds in already. We have indeed. Closing date is the eighteenth, nineteenth as well. The beginning of of the Christmas week. Get your puds to us. Massive hamper to give away. And the curtain falls on the competition this year. It's the final year of the best Christmas pudding in the North East, so get your puds to us by the 18th, 19th, please. Now, let me tell you, the winner of our Millbrook competition today, check them out on Kennedy Road in Navin. They have everything for Christmas, and a voucher would go down well. The question today was churros. They stock mini churros in the freezer in Millbrook. They're lovely. I love them. They're synonymous with Mexico and Latin America, but a European country too. What is that country I want to know? Name the country, it's Spain. It is indeed. And the winner of that voucher today is Anne Boland. Well done to you and thanks to everybody who got in touch with us. Now, we also have today on the show, courtesy of Town Centre Pharmacy in Drogheda, a wonderful prize. If you're looking for the latest in luxury cosmetics and fragrances this Christmas, check them out at Town Centre Pharmacy in Drogheda. It's your one-stop shop. The only stockist in the Northeast with a full range of Estee Lauder, Clinique and Shiseido and lots of great Christmas ideas too. What a prize they've given us today. A beautiful hamper. It's worth €650 from Estee Lauder with a collection of skincare products including the iconic Advanced Night Repair Selection. I need that one. And two fragrances. I can't win it. One modern and one classic. So, loads of you entered. Loads and loads. Let's rerun it again there, Louise.
0: I've got you
9: under my skin you're gorgeous. Isn't still
4: lovely? You're beautiful You're beautiful You're beautiful It's true.
2: Yes, yeah, singing about skin being gorgeous, lovely, beautiful. They all tie in with Estee Lauder, don't they? They really do. Frank Sinatra, Baby bird, Stevie Wonder. And James Blunt. I was looking for all four. So many got it right. We whirred the wheel. Round it went. And it came out with the name Kira Ford. Well done to you, Kira Ford. That wonderful prize is yours. Enjoy. It's a cracker. Thank you to everybody who got in touch. We'll have more competitions and prizes on late lunch before year end. I promise you. Now, let's do this on the show.
1: Five, four, three, two. Counting down the top five songs from this week of
2: yesteryear. And today it's... The number three from this very week in 1979. I'm sad to say I remember it well. Anyway, the song today was a collaboration between a disco diva and... A lady of more class, you would say, when it comes to singing. No disrespect to the disco diva. Yes, Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand came together to produce this one that went way up the charts in 79 this week. Yes, enough is enough. No more tears. Here we go. Yeah, Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand, enough is enough. Number three in our top five countdown from this week in 1979. Two on Thursday and then the number one coming your way around about this time on late lunch on Friday afternoon, final break of the day. Afterwards, we're back with Joe McCormack. He is a wonderful maths teacher and more besides. And we're talking about a new international study that shows, well, indifferent statistics about Irish students and maths. An OECD report has highlighted Ireland's average performance in maths has declined by eight points since 2018. But in the context of larger declines across Europe, we're still doing quite well. But on the other hand, it's still a fact boys do better than girls when it comes to the sums. Let's have a quick chat with a man who knows all about maths. He's a teacher, career coach, author, best known for his Ace maths tuition series of books. Delighted to say hello again to Joe McCormick. Hi, Joe.
9: Hi, Jerry. Good to hear from
2: you. And good to hear from you too. Look, at the overall thing is we're down a bit, but we're doing good in the context of everybody else. What are your thoughts on that?
9: Yeah, so our average uh, matches results are down by eight points. And as you said there, the OECD is down on average by 15 points. So, and um, you know, things maybe are not as bad as they seem. Um, we're actually, overall, we're gone from 20 seconds to 12th in maths. Mm. Um, I think the problem that the report highlights is the the high achievers. The, the percentages for them are now below average, so just, just a small issue there, you know. Yeah, and the
2: the whole issue raises its head again of uh, boys versus girls when it when it comes to maths. You know, girls have started historically at a disadvantage because they never really got the opportunity to go on to a higher level maths in, in, in secondary school, as you know. Uh, and, and then, look, it has changed, or since it has changed. Are we still, you know, lagging behind because of that historical factor?
9: Yeah, I think there's very much a legacy issue there, Jerry. Like, I still feel that boys, uh, that the play that they do from 0 to 10 is kind of more practical more building. Lego and measuring and fitting things and more hands-on, you know, mm. whereas girls, are more soft touch and um, maybe less moving and fit- fitting exercises. And um, So traditionally, the traditions, as you know, I find that it's hard to change them, you know, like it's like t- trying to turn around an night anchor, it takes a long time. And so um, I think in secondary maths, there's a, there's a fair amount of uh, ge- geometry and trigonometry and shapes and area and volume these topics as you well know are linked to engineering and construction studies mm. and so as we know from the statistics um, mainly boys that study these subjects at both secondary and third level so um suppose it kind of goes back as well to see and you can be a theory you know so you have less physics, engineering, construction studies and maths teachers are female mm. so um, maybe that's the reason why um, things haven't progressed as quickly as we would have liked but so girls are definitely catching up. It's just taking longer probably than expected.
2: So we need to immerse them from a younger age at more of uh, what you're talking about the boys traditionally did. Is that possible? Do you think that is, you know, like girls are girls, boys are boys?
9: Yeah, well, I think parents have a good role to play here, you know, Jerry, and they get some statistics and like what's going up and down in the news and mm. foster discussions about probability, let's say, chance of an event happening. You know, there's loads of things that a parent can do between 0 and 10. And, um, you know, things like introducing shapes and volumes and measuring and baking and cutting and cooking. Yes. You know, so there's a lot of roles to play there. Um, but um, I think, um, obviously, the primary school curriculum in maths is changing at the minute. And um, hopefully they'll, it'll match up then better with the secondary ones. So um, I would like to see maybe primary school teachers maybe... Shadow a secondary school maths teacher in school just to see what they're doing and um, some changes at primary might that might help might be for them to focus more maybe on the language of maths so this idea of words and and knowing them words um, and that kind of goes back to literacy and we've good news there on the literacy front as you can see yeah we're going to second in the world and mm. um, but the two other things you know definitely that are important to me that that could be introduced at primary is maths games. You know, get the love of maths going, like, you know, make it fun for them. And then the fractions are critical. You know, they they need to know their fractions. And, you know, if we can make those little changes, you, you know, hopefully things can pick up quite quickly. Yes.
2: Well, you know, it's uh, as you say, there's a lot work done, a lot more to do in, in terms of where we've come from. And, and as you say, the legacy thing is a big issue. Look, Joe, we'll be back to you again in the new year because we'll be uh, uh, on the run-in then again, once again to the exam season. That We'll be back to you, I promise you. But I thank you for joining me today and offering your views, which are always valued when it comes to education and especially mathematics. Thanks, Joe. Perfect, Jerry. Cheers. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's Joe McCormick there. Great guy. Knows all about his maths. Check out his Ace Maths tuition, they're terrific workbooks and he's helped so many people improve their scores in maths over the years. That's it on Late Lunch for this Wednesday afternoon. Thank you to everybody who joined in the fun today with the competitions. We will have more giveaways for you tomorrow on the show. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. It's to be a very wet evening, so take care whatever you're doing and do come back and join us for your Late Lunch on Thursday from 1.30. We'll see you then.